Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. It's another Money Monday over here. And I have recently just launched my LinkedIn newsletter. So for those of you who are not connected with me on LinkedIn already, I'll link it in the show notes. And my LinkedIn newsletter is going to be going out every Monday. It's called Money Matters. It's a free newsletter pure value with all sorts of personal finance tips, uh, women in business tips, entrepreneurship tips, and basically a bunch of free information that are little tidbits that you can incorporate directly into your life. So check it out. I will put the link down below for you to subscribe to the newsletter. And one of the newsletters that I wrote this week, which I just wanted to touch on on my podcast as well, is the number one reason why she's just not earning as much. So whether it's a female corporate employee, a female business owner, one of the most common things that I see when I'm speaking to women in my coaching business and also, you know, in masterminds or people that I'm networking with is they really struggle with knowing their worth when it comes to what they should be earning. So I'm just going to touch on that for a minute. And regardless of whether you are a corporate employee working at, you know, a job as an employee, or if you are a business owner or a combination of both, the number one thing that women struggle with is not asking for what they really are worth and what they truly believe they should be paid. So believing what they should be paid and asking for it are two completely different things. Now, here's why. Women tend to believe that they need more education, training, and experience before they even apply to a new job posting. So I've seen this when I worked in the corporate world myself, where somebody would be unhappy at their current job. They'd be constantly looking at job postings, but they would never actually pull the pin and send an application in. And when I would ask people why they're not applying for something, they'll be like, oh, it says three to five years experience and I only have two. Or it says that they need direct business development experience. And they're like, I haven't worked in business development before. I've only worked in sales and management. And when we look at a job posting, obviously they're going to put the best case scenario. Their ideal candidate was going to have X, Y, Z. But not all candidates are going to come from the same background, the same experience level, the same amount of education or training. And it's how you can present yourself as an eligible candidate of how your skills and expertise directly relate to that job posting, even though you might not meet their best case scenario. 
So even something like acknowledging that you know that you don't have the five years experience that they've requested, but you do have three years experience in sales and management, and you've got two years experience in hospitality or some other customer service-based industry, so that you can demonstrate how your job experience in other fields actually has provided you with the same level of training or expertise as what they're requiring on their job posting. So you don't always need more education, more training, more experience, more coaching or masterminds or read more books or, you know, more degrees in order to apply for a job. It's how you demonstrate that your skills can meet those job posting requirements of what the daily, you know, a day in the life of the business development manager, for example, would be and how you would understand how to do that. Every new job is going to train you on their processes, their systems, their clients, and everything they do anyway. They just want to know that they've got somebody ambitious with similar training, similar qualifications that can fill this job need. So my advice to you is even if you don't think you meet it perfectly, if it's a company that you want to work for, if it sounds like a job that you'd be interested in, just apply anyway, because some of these jobs out there are getting very few applicants. And even if you fall short on experience, education, and training, you may actually be one of their best candidates and you may interview really well and have the right attitude and fit their corporate culture in a way that actually puts you ahead of other candidates who might tick more of the boxes. So definitely get out there, apply for the job anyway. So another point that I want to make is around the confidence that we require in order to negotiate within our existing job. So in the previous example, that was obviously for applying for new jobs, but a lot of people are actually quite happy in their jobs. They just want to be paid more. So when it comes time to your performance review, it's important to take a look at what other people in your industry, what other people in your role are earning. If you can find that information, there's a lot of statistics around that on LinkedIn, on the internet, on a lot of job sites as well. So you can do your due diligence and prepare yourself for your performance review. And it's not unreasonable to request a decent pay raise, especially because we have heard so much recently about the rising cost of living, inflation, interest rates, that I was having this conversation with a friend the other day, actually, that that they got just over a 10% pay increase in their salary review this year. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then we were talking about it and we were like, yeah, but inflation is 8%. So you really only got a 2% pay raise if you were to get a 10% raise. So it's not unreasonable for you to request a double digit increase in your, uh, a double digit percentage increase, I should say rather in your salary performance review. So you can be asking 10 to 15%. And especially if you've hit major milestones or KPIs, or you've had an educational upgrade and all of a sudden you're making yourself more valuable to your employer. And when you go into your performance review, it's important to be prepared so that when you come in, you can clearly demonstrate how you've added value and why you deserve that pay raise and that increase. 
And if you struggle with this, if this is something that you're not confident in, I actually have a three session coaching package specifically around salary negotiation, whether it is uh, working with your existing employer, or if you are interviewing with a new employer and you get an offer. So you can book a consultation call. I will also put the consultation call link in the show notes so that you can uh, get in touch with me about how we can set up a negotiation strategy session with you. But this is super, super important because the number one reason why people are not getting paid more than they want to be paid and what they're getting offered is because they're simply not asking. And often what happens is employers will either give you what you ask or they will meet you somewhere in the middle. So you'll never know unless you ask. And they're never going to give you less money or punish you just because you asked for more. The worst case scenario is they were going to give you exactly what they were going to give you originally anyway in their original offer. The best case scenario is that you actually get what you want. So I always encourage people to go ahead, do the due diligence, find out what your market worth is on the open market, job market, and come back to your employer with a proposal for a percentage increase that sits well with you and knowing what that number is. Then we look at pricing. So pricing for business owners is a really, really important thing. Now, obviously with a products-based or bricks and mortar business, it's a little bit more competitive in terms of, you know, if you're selling Levi jeans in your business, Levi jeans are going to have a pretty standard pricing depending on which store you go to. But if you work in a company you know, you're self-employed and you've got your own business that, for example, does skincare. So they offer facials and laser treatments and all sorts of things like that. Then you can offer a premium service and charge premium prices, but you have to ensure that you deliver on that. So when you are looking at your pricing strategy, it's about how you deliver that value. Are you positioning yourself as a premium service or a premium product? And similarly, if you are an online service provider, if you are presenting yourself as a premium coach, a premium service, then you can afford to charge premium prices. It doesn't matter how long you've been in business. What matters is the skills and expertise that you bring to your clients. So remember this, and this is something that I had to go through in my own business because when I first started out coaching, I kept saying to myself, oh, I have to really undercut my prices because I've only been a coach for three months or five months or six months. And my business mentor, who is an eight figure business coach, said to me, Sandra, why are you undercutting your prices and charging way under market value for your services just because you've been in business for three months? You've been in finance for nine years. You have the highest level of education that a financial planner can have. So you need to be charging those rates, not the rates based on being a new online service provider. And that conversation really stuck with me because it's like, you know, we, we discount how much skills and training and expertise we bring to the table from our years of university, our years of experience working in client-facing roles in the past, in our past jobs, 
And that all compounds, it all has an effect on what we are able to charge within our business. So don't undercut your prices, know your value. If you're not sitting in confidence with the pricing discussion with your clients, then they can feel that they can feel that there's a lack of belief. And it's not about meeting your, you know, consultation call with where they're at. It's about finding the right clients to, to meet where you're at in your business. So you really want to get clarity around who is your ideal client? How much can they afford to pay each month or each year or hourly or whatever your business model is and start fishing in that pond for those types of bigger fish. Because if you keep targeting the people who are destitute for money, who are living paycheck to paycheck, who are not making ends meet month by month, then of course they're going to have objections to your prices. But when you start putting yourself in different rooms and in different environments, and you start surrounding yourself with people with bigger budgets, they won't even bat an eye to the service that you offer. So it's all about standing in your belief system and understanding that you are worth more. You bring skills and expertise and training and education that somebody out there is willing to pay for. You just have to demonstrate your value and you have to believe it yourself. So thank you so much for listening. If you are looking for support in this area of your life, in your business, in your career, make sure to get in touch with me. I coach women and men specifically on how to make more money in their business and career. And I would love to work with you or someone that you know that is looking for this type of coaching. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey.